Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Hey, if you're a fellow podcaster, let me tell you about Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. That's right. They're providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space, so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today and become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And let them know the nerds sent you by adding our podcast, The Amazing Nerd Show, in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Once again, that's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Welcome, nerd. Are you ready to launch 148 Expedition into Nerdum? Preparing for launch, queuing bitchin' rockabilly track, priming engines, changing prime directive, protect baby Yoda at all costs, unencrypting files for comics, TV, movies, wrestling, launching ANS in 3, 2, 1. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is The Amazing Nerd Show. All right, Christian. How was your pandemic Halloween, my friend? Um, Quite uneventful. I mean, I did stream that day, and you can head over to twitch.com slash amazingnerdshow to check out all of our streams. How is that any different than any other Saturday, though? <laughs> <laughs> Not too different. Um, we did end up watching the um, cartoon movie um, Scary Godmother. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I've never heard of that. It's not ringing any bells. It's a uh, it's this really really bad like old like maybe early two thousands like cartoon, very poorly like three D animated. It's like, and I, I was falling asleep through half of it because it's such a shitty storyline. Why did you know. choose to watch that? Like, did you <laughs> hear good things? No, it something that my girlfriend and her friend really wanted to watch really it, bad is it nostalgic for them have they seen it yeah they said that they you know remember it being a lot better for sure okay. <laughs> i hadn't seen it before and then after that we ended up watching random youtube videos and started watching this guy named um, chills i don't know if you've ever heard of him no. he's pretty he's pretty infamous for um talking like number 15 is how he like counts down things and it's it's hell his voice is just horrible so you spent your entire night watching someone with an annoying voice? Yes. Okay. Well, that sounds riveting, <laughs> Christian. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> cool story, Christian. Quarantine uh, is great. <laughs> I actually didn't have a bad Halloween, honestly. Oh, what'd you guys do? Well, we ended up going to this drive through trick-or-treat thing that our like town had set up. Um, and it was a good time. Uh, it was really smartly done and super safe. Uh, we basically, in our car, drove around this like parking lot where they had all these different booths set up, like really decorated, everyone's in costumes, and you open up your window and they basically just throw in candy. <laughs> My daughter was in heaven. So <laughs> it was a good time. Uh, and then after that, we just, you know, we visit both of our parents. Um, you know, she trick-or-treated there because we knew it was safe. Mm. Uh, she ended up, you know, being a witch this year. But the last minute, she decided she wanted to be a spider witch. 
uh, which entailed my wife having to draw a giant black widow on the side of her face with cobwebs and everything. Huh. Like, okay. Well, that's pretty cool. I mean, <laughs> luckily I didn't have to do it because it would just be a giant like blob on her face because I can't fucking draw for <laughs> shit. But, you know, my wife went to art school, so we're, we lucked out. Uh, but yeah, no, we end up going to my mother-in-law's house and she actually got to do a little trick-or-treating, but it was like super safe. The neighbors were really smart. They had like tables set up with candy on it and they were just on their porch like fucking, you know, five yards away. So you just went up to the table, said trick-or-treat, they said thank you, and you grabbed some candy. Um, really low-key, there weren't tons of people out, so like, you know, social distancing was in effect. It was a good time. And actually, my my daughter ended up getting more candy this year, probably than last. Because, I mean, <laughs> we, we live in Chicago, uh-huh. and it was, we had a fucking blizzard last year. So I think it'll be a Halloween that she'll, like, always remember, honestly. Yeah, remember that time I got to sit in the car and everyone just gave me free candy? Yeah, that was amazing. Threw candy at me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm talking like bags of candy. She got like a, a fucking little pumpkin and everything. It was awesome. I mean, Pennywise was running around. That was a little freaky. That might have traumatized her. <laughs> I won't lie. She hasn't brought that up, but if she starts drawing weird pictures of clowns in the next couple weeks, <laughs> and I'm talking, you know, like scheduling her for like a child psychologist, uh-huh. you, know, you know, I fucked up. But, you know, it was still fun. I kept thinking about, like, someone should have set up, like, this, like, quasi-Cloverfield, um, you know, hazmat suit, like, like area as their, like, haunted house situation. Because, like, I mean, if everyone's just dressed up in the hazmat suit, you don't have to worry about... <laughs> oh, like a whole town or something? Or a street? Like a street, yeah. Like, do it, like, a whole, like, almost like a yard haunt where yes. they just do the whole, like, you know, Cloverfield <laughs> theme. That could be cool. That could work. We actually have a lot in this area, a lot of like different, like almost like block haunts where they just do the entire street. Damn, that's um, cool. Like the, yeah, these like block haunts are actually becoming like in vogue where like all the neighbors get together and like come up with a different theme and, you know, just like on the weekends put on this full almost like haunted house type like deal where you just kind of like get to walk up and down the block and enjoy um, we have one like literally a mile away from us that's always really well done, but I'm seeing them like pop up, you know, just on social media, like throughout the nation. So pretty cool. Like I need to move on like a block like that. Well, definitely won't happen here since I was the only one to decorate <laughs> on my block. Yeah, that sucks, man. <laughs> you moved in on a shitty block. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, it was definitely a Halloween my daughter will never forget. Well, Damon, it's time to give the folks an episode they will always remember with this great nerd news. But before we move on, make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. And while you're at it, give us a five-star review and DM us a screenshot. Not only will we read it on the show, but we'll send you some amazing nerd show swag. Let's get into the news. Every week we collect the biggest headlines and rumors in nerdum. We're not mild-mannered reporters, we're mere podcasters with opinions. Alright, first up, they finally dropped the Halloween Kills trailer. Let's get into it. Next Halloween, when the sun sets... And someone is alone. He kills. 
Blumhouse gave horror fans a little treat for Halloween this year in the form of a new teaser trailer for Halloween Kills. Uh, the teaser is brief. We do get a look at Michael's now burnt mask as he picks it up off the ground. Uh, we also get sprayed in a shower of blood as Michael slashes through another victim. Uh, you know, then we go straight teaser montage mode uh, with glimpses of Lori and family uh, from the last film. And uh, we see some new old faces like Anthony Michael Hall playing uh, Tommy Doyle wielding a baseball bat. Also, Marion Chambers is back um, sitting shotgun and you know, being stalked as always. Um, there's a flash of what seems to be like some kind of protest and riots, and then, you know, just a lot of people screaming. So honestly, it's really not much to go off of here, but like, you know, since the movie doesn't come out to October 15th, 2021, it's understandable. But I will say the teaser did its job because I wasn't the hugest fan of Halloween 2018, but man, I can't wait for this film to come out now. So there seems to be like a big homage to the opening scene of the first film. Uh, do you think that they'll be doing a bunch of more of that throughout this? Oh, just like they did you, in 2018. Are you talking about with uh, Nurse Chambers in the car? Yes, the glass. Okay. <laughs> the car. <laughs> yeah, that definitely feels pretty spot on. I really mm. hope not. I don't know. Like, that scene is fine. If it's just like a one-off in the film, that's okay. But I don't need like Michael's greatest hits throughout. Like, I want it to stand on its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I think the 2018 film did a lot of that, um, where you know scenes felt almost like cut and paste from like you know movies throughout the series, which was weird because they were just like disregarding the continuity, you know, after the first one. Yeah, um, exactly. But I, maybe they just felt like they needed to pay their respects. But after that, it just it it makes the kills almost feel predictable, you know, and those moments almost feel predictable. Um, so I'd rather have it just, you know, do its own thing. Give us something new and fresh. Yeah, I definitely agree. After rewatching everything and like just pointing it out in my own head, like, oh, that was in 2018. That was in 2018. It was just, like shot for shot remakes of certain things. It was just like, oh, wow. Yeah, they even they even did like the bathroom stall scene. Uh-huh, like, yes. That was it. Like, it was just like weird things, too. So and maybe those are like moments that like, you know, Green really enjoyed. Um, it you know throughout the series and that's why he mm-hmm. wanted to throw it in there but I was like why would you fucking call out that like you know just <laughs> weird things so and maybe it's like playing with our anticipation and everything like that but I don't know it just didn't work for me me um, like I said it felt a little predictable but I did rewatch that movie uh, this past week like I say mm-hmm. I did enjoy it more overall than I did when I first watched it so I think uh, all the expectations were gone so I could just kind of sit back and enjoy it for what it was. And like you, I rewatched like most of the series over the past month. So I kind of was like, well, this is actually one of the better, you know, ones of the series. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All things considered. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least Buster Rhymes isn't in it. Like fucking, uh-huh. you know, doing fucking karate kung fu kicks to uh, Michael. Trick or treat, motherfucker. <laughs> it was a good fucking moment, though. It's horrible. That's, that's... <laughs> horrible. That's cinema gold, Damon. All right, let's move on. All right, well, up next, Jordan Peele's producing a new take on Wes Craven's The People Under the Stairs for Universal. So Collider's reporting Jordan Peele is on board to produce the film, although it's not expected that he'll direct. Uh, He might have a hand in writing the script, but they're not sure at this point. Mm -hmm. I was not a huge fan of the original, uh, but this does feel like it's in Jordan Peele's, like, you know, wheelhouse. 
I would love to see, you know, what he could do with the concept. It has a lot of like rich, like social commentary that feels extremely like relevant to like current events. I, I haven't seen this one. I don't know too much about it, but I, I am interested in seeing him, you know, do more productions and stuff like that. It's honestly like one of my least favorite Wes Craven films. <laughs> you know, it did nothing for me. I remember seeing it when I was like maybe like 12 or 13 and at the theaters actually. And I was just bored off my ass. So I don't know if I just was expecting Freddy to show up or something, but <laughs> it really did nothing for me. I own it. I, I do need to go back and like rewatch it to see if I, you know, enjoy it a little more now. Okay, well, up next, Patrick Wilson is directing the fifth installment of the Insidious franchise. Somehow this is still alive. So, you know, actually, even more exciting news is this is going to be a direct sequel to Insidious Part 2. So I don't know if they're disregarding three or four, but this directly links to Part 2. And it will, like, continue their story, like, ten years later as Dalton, mm-hmm. the, the kid in the, you know, film, uh, he heads off to college. And Ty Simpkins will return as Dalton, and, of course, Patrick Wilson will reprise his role also. Uh, this will be Wilson's debut as director, um, and it's expected sometime in 2022, but who the fuck knows nowadays. Uh, Scott Teams uh, wrote the script, and obviously it's based on the story from, you know, franchise co-creator Leigh Whannell. Um, Patrick Wilson, you know, was quoted as saying, I'm honored and thrilled to be at the helm of the next Insidious installment, which will provide an amazing chance to unpack everything that the Lamberts went through a decade ago, as well as deal with the consequences of their choices. I really enjoyed the first film. I wasn't mm-hmm. such a big fan of the second film. I think it kind of like took the magic away of the first movie, mm-hmm. just kind of showing like all the almost what was behind a lot of the like big scares in the first one. I don't know if you remember that where he's like literally chasing after himself. It yeah. was a really weird scene. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just like, I don't know. It, it demystified like the first movie for me. Honestly, I didn't have a problem with the first two. I think um, if if we were to erase everything afterwards, that that's perfect. I don't I don't know if you ever saw the last key. That's still one of my least favorite movies. It is in like horror literally <laughs> sitting on my entertainment stand right now. Unopened. Oh, God, it was <laughs> I bought it like two years ago, like for five dollars just to check it out. You know, and I, I'm a completionist, so I just need it, you know, because I obviously collect, you know, blu-rays so you know i had to own it even though i was like i don't even know if i'm gonna fucking watch this thing um and i haven't so maybe i'll watch it before this comes out i don't (laughs) (laughs) all right let's move on uh up next clive barker joins hbo's hellraiser series as executive producer so this past spring we found out that hbo had a hellraiser series in the works with a creative team made up of david Gordon Green um, from Halloween 2018 and so on. And then uh, Michael Daughtry, uh, who, of course, did Trick or Treat, Krampus, um, and most recently Godzilla, uh, King of the Monsters. Uh, Green would be directing the pilot along with like numerous like episodes, while Daughtry will be writing the scripts. Uh, well, with all that being said, Deadline is now reporting Clive Barker, the original creator, uh, has joined on as executive producer. Um, Deadline went on to quote, the idea is to elevate the continuation and expansion of the well-established Hellraiser mythology. It is by no means a remake, but rather it assumes the past mythology to be given. 
The centerpiece remains Pinhead, the pin-cushion-headed uh, merciless leader of the Cenobites, the formerly human-turned-demons that live in the extra-dimensional realm and that activate through the puzzle box called the Lamnit Configuration. The Cenobites come from hell and harvest human souls and keep the balance between good and evil. Um, Barker went on to say that I'm delighted that the Hellraiser mythology is seeing new life. It's time for the stories uh, to go back to their roots. Um, I'm eager to bring a new audience to the most powerful ancient elements of horror, the darkest evil invading our human lives and how we must find in ourselves the power to resist it. Damon, are, are you, would you be upset if this was a full-blown remake at this point? I don't know. It feels like it's probably more of a soft, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. reboot, if anything, where they're going to like, okay, all that stuff happened, but we're not going to like harp on it. You know, one of those type deals. Exactly. You know, that that's just a different chapter of the story, you know, where they can just continue on. So I, I'm okay with that. That's fine. Um, I like that Clive Barker's back. You know, it feels very much similar to like John Carpenter's role with the new Halloween, you know, films where he's mm -hmm. just kind of like overseeing and everything like that and, you know, giving notes and guidance. So I guess at one point in 2018's Halloween, they were going to bring back Loomis and have a scene where Loomis gets killed by Michael in the very beginning of the film. And Carpenter said, no, you cannot do it. Fans will hate that. Just let, like, uh, you know, things go, you know, and just like, you know, don't, you know, bring up, obviously, Loomis because he means a lot. But you don't want fans to turn on you by, like, killing Donald Pleasance, you know, <laughs> resurrecting uh, Donald Pleasance and then killing him off within, like, the first, you know, 10 minutes of the film. So, you know, I think that kind of guidance is, you know, huge because no one knows the fandom better than like the original creators you know especially you know john carpenter and clive barker so they're gonna have a better idea of like what fans are looking for i feel like breaking news alerts breaking news alerts all right some huge breaking news just in a boba fett miniseries reportedly in the works Holy shit. Uh, Deadline is reporting that Lucasfilms could start shooting a Boba Fett miniseries as soon as next week. I guess just ahead of them starting to shoot season three of The Mandalorian. Details right now are scarce, so absolutely take this with a grain of salt, but... Dear God, please be true. Um, we know that this has been rumored forever. A while back, around when Solo was coming out, they definitely had a spin-off movie in the works with James Mangold from Logan attached. But, you know, due to, like, Solo's failure at the box office, they ended up pumping the brakes on it. Uh, it goes without saying, I, of course, love the idea, if you can't tell. Uh, the fact that, you know, he still has such a huge fan base, regardless of how, you know, Lucas had him go out and return, is more than impressive and tells you how much, like, the character means to people. Uh, it could be him finally getting his just due and like also serve as a vehicle in a way to really explore even more so than the Mandalorian, the underground of the Star Wars universe. I mean, bring on the bounty hunters and all the badassery that follows. And now our feature presentation. All right, Christian, the time has arrived finally. Probably the most anticipated thing of 2020 has arrived, the season two premiere of The Mandalorian. 
And you know what? And it wasn't delayed. It wasn't delayed. <laughs> and you know what? I think even if the pandemic wasn't going on, this still would probably be like my most anticipated thing. All right. So spoilers ahead. Let's get into it. Show me the one whose safety deemed such destruction. You must reunite it with its own kind. Where? This you must determine. The songs of eons past tell of battles between Mandalore the Great and an order of sorcerers called Jedi. You expect me to search the galaxy and deliver this creature to a race of enemy sorcerers? This is the way. The Mandalorian Chapter 9, The Marshal. The Mandalorian is drawn into the Outer Rim in search of others of his kind. This episode was directed and written by Jon Favreau as well as the series is produced by Jon Favreau. All right, spoilers ahead, so warning. Last chance. Yeah. <laughs> but if you haven't seen this yet, I mean, what are you doing with your life? Exactly. I was surprised I was able to hold off till Tuesday, <laughs> but it was a good buffer for everything that's going on right now. It's so. a good way to get things off your mind. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Christian. So what were your thoughts, man? You know, I was excited to get back into the show. I think I had a lot of expectations um, to be met and stuff like that because I've just been overly hyped for the show in general. Um, I don't think there was anything that really surprised me from what we got. Like, it felt like, you know, this is the start of the journey. And that's that was about as much as there was, you know, while watching it, like I could guess lines that were coming and stuff like that. And it was just, you know, it was a little too predictable at times. But at the same time, I, I enjoyed the experience. Like, I have to give it, you know, that same you know, way I look at other shows. I can't just be like, it's Star Wars. I fucking love it. You know, well, fuck but, that uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's Star Wars. I fucking love it. Well, <laughs> Christian, I've been waiting and spoilers. We're uh -huh. not even going to wait around for it. I've been waiting for fucking Boba Fett to come back <laughs> since 1983, Christian. <laughs> I literally saw Return of the Jedi in the theaters. I was the same age my daughter is now. <laughs> And wow. finally, finally, one of my favorite Star Wars characters returning. So I know he's been out there in, you know, the comics and video games mm -hmm. and everything. But this is official canon now. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> you know, and this is on the screen. So it just means so much more. So, like, when everything, you know, went down the way it did. And I think one of the reasons why this felt so predictable to you, too, was because we actually, like, heard the entire synopsis for this uh -huh. episode which is really weird like months prior because half the time maybe you know rumors like that have a grain of truth but it was like beat for beat what happened like i was like wow we really need to start like prepping things by saying spoilers when we start reporting uh -huh. on these rumors because i was like this is literally the everything that we talked about like a couple months ago you know um but i loved it just the same so but that's just me you know, I do have a, a bubble fat tattoo on my arm, so <laughs> it got over with me, needless to say. That two minutes of seeing him was oh enough? Oh my god, that, yes. That, that got the fix? Yes. All right. <laughs> yes. I had a nerd well, gas, Christian. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ashamed to admit it. I might have actually teared up. Well, how did you feel about Timothy Oliphant wearing the armor? Yeah, looking like a dollar store or Boba Fett. I, I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> He's a badass, man. He has so much charisma. I mean, even mm -hmm. in like, because 
recently with the horror countdowns, like I rewatched Scream 2. And I, yeah. I was like, even in like Scream 2 and he's totally chewing scenery, he's still fantastic. So, I mean, I love him in everything he does. I mean, he is, you know, just a cowboy to me. You know, he's like the epitome of like an old Western movie star to me. Like just the way he carries himself and he delivers the lines. And I mean, it, sure enough, it was the same here. He was a fucking space cowboy. <laughs> so I loved it. No, I agree. Um, I definitely always put him in this kind of like he's an underrated actor category for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the last time I saw him was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You know, he's a, like a very like, you know, brief scene. But he, he mm. killed it in that, too. So I, I'm gra- I'm glad that he's hopefully going to be part of this, you know, series. Because uh, it definitely feels like they left room for him to return. So I don't know if he'll be, like, one of the regular, like, casts. But, you know, it definitely seems like, you know, we're going to get, you know, another episode here and there with him in it. I think my favorite moment from this episode in general, or just, like, my favorite aspect of this episode was, like, the work with the Tuscan Raiders, like seeing Mando, like just easily communicate with them and actually see them as more than just, you know, these evil Raiders in the sand at all times. Mm-hmm. Like, like we've never really explored them. That yeah, much. we got like it. I thought this was real cool. Yeah, we got like a different dimension to them. You know, yes. we're kind of like digging deeper into the Star Wars lore. So that's awesome. That's what I want from the series. So, um, but yeah, let's get into it though. Let's start from the beginning. Absolutely. You know, um, we've got like Mando out there. He's searching for other Mandalorians. You know, he has a connection. He meets up with them. Um, it goes awry quickly <laughs> as he tries yes. to fucking you know turn on him for his best car armor. Um, you know, it's totally everything that happens in that first like big trailer that we got. Um, uh, Gore Koresh, who's the character that Mando's meeting up with, seems to be some type of like gangster. Um, you know, he turns on him quickly. Like I said, he was voiced by John Ligazamo, which I was surprised by. A lot of people originally thought it was John Favaro, you know, oh, just from the trailer. Um, but yeah. yeah, no, it was Ligazamo. So I thought it was a pretty cool scene. It kind of reestablishes like what a badass the Mandalorian is. No, it was a great way to reopen this and everything. I love the way that they um, blended the music in. Yes. At the, right before that. That was beautiful. <laughs> that that gave me chills. I won't lie about that. I got chills for that because I was kind of waiting. Like, you know, in the beginning, I was like, where? how come you're not playing with your main theme here? And then they pop uh-huh. it in, you know, right as all those like space wolves like show up. I was like, awesome. Yeah, there you go. So, um, you know, and I like that he's still walking that line. You know, at mm-hmm. the same time, you know, morality wise. So, you know, I, I'm a man of my word, but, you know, hey, if shit happens, shit happens. So, so before Gorm meets his demise, he uh, gives, you know, the Mandalorian some information, sending him off to Tatooine uh, to a remote place called Mo- Mos Lego? Lego? Am I right, Christian? I think it's Mos Pelgo based off how it's spelled, but I'm not. Well, whatever. <laughs> Uh, so a place that isn't shown on any maps, you know, Mm -hmm. but he says that there's been a Mandalorian sighted there. So, you know, he heads out that way. He ends up getting a speeder from the engineer that he, we meet in the first season. You know, she's super excited to see baby Yoda again. (laughs) Um, but yeah, he ends up, you know, riding off and then sure enough within the first, you know, scene, first of all, like this couldn't get more space Western. You know, him walking into the fucking bar and everything. The music uh, and the tone. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. Um, but it was fantastic. I love that aspect of the show. Uh, we get our first sight of, like, Cobb Vanth, 
who is full, you know, out cosplaying as Boba Fett, you know, and not very well. <laughs> no, <laughs> I chuckled, man. I, I, I couldn't hold but it. But that's on purpose. Like, I think that's, not, you know, uh-huh. obviously they could make him look like a badass if they want to. So I know a lot of, like, people were swooning over him once he took off his helmet, though. So there are a lot sure. of memes going around, <laughs> like Space Daddy and shit like that. So <laughs> He's everyone's spa- favorite uh, space cowboy right now. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, and we get a standoff between the two. They come into an agreement once they hear this giant fucking, was it a dragon? A dragon? What is it? Yeah, it's a crate dragon. dragon. It hmm. looks like a, it's just a sandworm. Come on, people. Right? <laughs> it's straight from fucking Beetlejuice or Doom. Um, oh. It's so awesome. Like, the, the, this fucking thing it is the size of the town, basically. It goes through, like, the main road and, like, takes out a, a Bamtha. So, um, yeah, pretty pretty cool scene and everything. They come to an agreement. If he helps kill the fucking, you know, the dragon, then he'll give him the armor back, you know, without a fight. So... You know, I enjoyed that aspect. It feels very much like, you know, one of your old school westerns from like the 50s and shit. You know, the lone gunslinger helping out a small town. We saw similar like motifs in the first season, but I'm totally fine with that, especially once, you know, mm-hmm. I got a look at the Boba Fett armor, of course. <laughs> Um, so Cobb goes on to tell um, the story of how he got the armor and how he found it, um, you know, you know, after... <laughs> After running into these like bandits that attacked the town, I think it was like a minor um, situation, which like at the very moment that the Death Star blew up, the miners were like, hey, we're taking over the town. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> thought that was a little ridiculous. Well, but, um, I mean, it he, makes sense, though, what, what he said with the vacuum and everything, mm-hmm. um, you know, there being a power vacuum. And we've seen it like in the first season, you know, like what disarray the galaxy's yes. in, it seems like, um, you know, a lot of, you know, creeps trying to get in power. So. I get it. Well, I mean, at least let them sell it. <laughs> They're minutes. fucking bandits. They don't give a shit. <laughs> They're trying to take advantage of the situation. I That's guess, what they do. <laughs> well, anyway, um, he goes off into the deserts um, after stealing some crystals from these guys, and he runs into some Jawas, and they just happen to have the armor. So I'm, I'm kind of curious of how, like, uh, Boba lost the armor well, and I stuff like that. Well, I think it was kind of alluded that the dragon killed the Scarlet. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's probably, like, you know, he was probably all disheveled, obviously, and wounded after, you know, being, you know, taken out of that or whatever. Because I don't think he escaped it on his own, I'm guessing. No. You know, you know the Jawas are opportunists. I'm sure, you know, they got sticky fingers, so they just, you know... Uh, grabbed what they could and especially mandalorian armor they're not going to pass that up now i know like like we were talking about months prior we got a bunch of spoilers and everything was kind of like checking out like within watching this episode in the half first half hour did you like all of a sudden realize okay well fucking we're gonna get boba fett in this series did you expect to get him as soon as we did in this episode um Yes, only because I had kept seeing people talk about big thing at the ending, big oh, reveal. Okay. So that's, you know, that's right. You that you I waited to Tuesday to see it. So. Uh, but I wasn't like, you know, it didn't take the moment away from me. I just was almost expecting it to be someone else at that point, you know, rather than it being who I expected to be. I was like, oh, maybe it's going to be Sabine out of or nowhere you know, just showing up. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So th- those are also two giant rumors. So. 
So from here, we get like the age-old story of like, you know, two different like towns or two different cultures like coming together and like, you know, putting their differences aside, you know, for the greater good, um, you know, and then, you know, taking out the dragon, basically. I thought it was well done. I, I'm glad that it was like the townspeople and, you know, the Tusken Raiders and, you know, mostly really, honestly, the Mandalorian and, you know, Cobb coming together and taking uh-huh. out the dragon. I was worried that they were going to go like the baby Yoda route and have them fucking float the yes. thing, <laughs> even though the thing's the length of a town. Um, I was like, OK, that, that's just too powerful for him at this point. Um, and I thought that'd just be, you know, kind of cheap. So um, mm-hmm. I was happy with that, you know, and I, I don't know. They did it in a way where I think they kind of teased probably, you know, another way that, you know, Boba Fett could have possibly gotten out. Did you like the little, like, nod and wink they did to Return of the Jedi with the, uh, you know, Boba Fett's uh, jetpack? I loved, uh, I think what I popped the most for, actually, at that moment was uh, the two of them j- both jetpacking, <laughs> going after yes. it when it was up on top of the hill. I was like, oh, okay, that's badass. Yeah. <laughs> I need to see more like Mandalorian action, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> that sounds dirty. Uh, anyway, <laughs> maybe I need to see more of that too. <laughs> I told you I had a nerdgasm, Christian. Um, but anyway, <laughs> okay, <laughs> a very different kind of episode this week. <laughs> Space Daddy. Um, so anyway. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed the episode, um, you know, especially with all the anticipation. I thought it was well done and everything mm-hmm. like that. I wasn't disappointed. Um, I think, you know, there's there's a lot that's going to be coming with the next few episodes in general. Like, I feel like we're going to be getting a whole lot. I feel like we're going to get a lot more than what we saw in the first season in general, mm-hmm. just based off of what we've been hearing with rumors and stuff like that. Like, if anything, like if anything, this this episode told us a lot of those rumors might actually be true. Yeah, and if that's the case, <laughs> we're going to be getting a much bigger, like, you know, mm-hmm. scope for this series. Um, this is probably more of a transition, you know, episode, really, you know, for fans of the yes. first season, because this very much felt like it that would fit into the first season, storytelling wise. Mm-hmm. But, you know, from here, I could see it getting, like, more grand and everything. Like you said, if those rumors are true, it's going to have to. So, um, but yeah, no, I I really dug it. Um, But yeah, this was definitely, like, just a reintroduction to everything we love with The Mandalorian. Just kind of giving us a reminder. Hey, you really, really enjoyed the show. Not that I needed that. (laughs) No, exactly. I felt like this was just the start of the journey. It felt like if I'm looking at this as, you know, a big giant long story than this this is just the first chapter of what will be a grand adventure how badass did morrison look at the end though <laughs> you're obsessed he looked like you're... a fucking badass <laughs> well you know me because i'm a, i'm a fucking collector so like all right well i need that uh-huh. black series figure you know that's coming out <laughs> you know and then i need the Cobb vanth figure you know that's happening so <laughs> yeah no, I, I i he just looked fucking awesome man come on <laughs> yeah, he looked cool. Come on, he's all cool. fucking I, I need more. up. He has no eyebrows for some reason. <laughs> I guess the Scarlack fucking shaved him off. I don't know. Probably. I mean, there's there's a lot of stomach uh-huh. acid and stuff in there. You know, you don't know what he dealt yeah, with. No, I'm excited to <laughs> How see he survive. That interaction. <laughs> with all that being said, what if it wasn't like Boba Fett? What if it was one of the fucking clones? How how disappointing <laughs> would that be? Uh, pretty disappointing, but I, I that totally crossed my mind. It's like, what if that's just one of the clones? Oh God. They're just doing a big swerve. Oh, my God. That would just be literally Favreau shitting all over, like, Star Wars <laughs> fandom. So, 
I mean, not everyone obviously is as big of a fucking like, you know, Boba Fett mark as I am, but <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> come on, man. Throw me a bone. All right, so that's our first impressions of, you know, season two of The Mandalorian. Uh, We'll definitely be giving a full review once the season is done. But I have a feeling we're going to be jumping on here and maybe, like, giving our thoughts as the season progresses also here and there. Exactly. There's going to be some big moments that we're definitely going to want to talk about on the show. Knock on wood. (laughs) (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again. It's time for Christian's Corner. Now, hold on. Before we start the corner, how dare you, okay. sir, not put fucking Friday the 13th, the video game, <laughs> on your fucking top five horror video games of all time? How dare it you? Is, it is a classic, but it's not one that I played oh that much. It's probably not as much as you are, I man. know people fucking hate all over that game, but that game scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. I got it when I was like nine years old. I remember fucking like playing it in the dark. When Jason jumps out, man, you fucking shit your pants. Pink jumpsuit at all. <laughs> like it does not matter. And the, and then a little over the game's impossible to fucking beat. Exactly. I was gonna say that's an extremely hard game. If you find a copy, man, I'll 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 put that in a video and I'll throw that on the YouTube Just channel. Just have man. me cursing and swearing the entire time. Exactly. No one wants to watch that, trust me. <laughs> that's what half of my content is. <laughs> all right, man, have at it. Well, hey, speaking of that countdown, if you missed my top five horror video games, you can catch it on YouTube. I put a special Halloween video together for you guys, so make sure to check it out and all of our gaming content on YouTube. But anyway, let's get into what I'd like to talk about this week. And shocker, we're talking next-gen consoles because next-gen is arriving this week. Um, This upcoming Tuesday, November 10th, is when the Xbox Series X officially launches. Um, Reviews for that console are actually in as the embargo lifted this past week. Um, Overall, the impressions from early players are pretty much impressed with the console, but there is a lack of new next-gen games for it. Um, the system is being touted as quieter, faster, better, as you know should be expected. Um, UI should be easy to pick up for any current gen players, but notably faster in every single way. 4K, 60 frames per second, it's all running beautifully as the console is twice as powerful as its predecessor. Moving games from internal storage to storage devices has also seen major jump in speed as full games have moved in mere minutes for players. Load times have been cut considerably, some games loading in mere seconds, but for a lot of games like Red Dead that are very, like, storage intensive, uh, there's still a couple minutes you gotta wait for for a game like that, which, you know, consider, like, I remember load times in fucking Red Dead uh, Redemption 2, and they were, like, sitting there for, like, five minutes some days, I felt. So, (laughs) at least that's how it felt sitting there. I'm sure it was much faster. The console also comes with a new feature called Quick Resume. You're swapping through games with, like, impressive speeds as you can just hit um, the Quick Resume feature for each game. Um, I think it's up to three or five games that you can do. I think it's three, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. But I do have to say, this is still a feature that they're working on and still optimizing, updating, and it won't be available for all games at launch. Um, on top of that, games are larger than they have ever been. And one of the downsides is storage may be an issue going forward. After all, the you know the console's speed upgrades are all based on its you know SSD, and if you have to store games on external drives, uh, who knows how well optimized and or how much slower your loads could you know really be. Um, this goes for the PlayStation as well. Both 
have a considerable low amount of storage compared to how big games are right now. Like if you look at the Xbox Series S and um, how big fucking Call of Duty was, like this, the last iteration, it was like 200 fucking gigs at that point, at a certain point, you know, that you're pretty much losing on that console that already doesn't have a whole lot of space. And when you're getting a console that is a, doesn't have discs as well, uh, that you know, you're pretty much going to have to invest in external drive. So hopefully they figure out something there and or we hear more about, you know, the console working with those external drives at a much higher rate and higher speed. Even with all that said, at the end of the day, the games are what matter and folks are kind of underwhelmed with the Xbox so far. Um, what this console seems to be missing is that one, you know, hot piece of software to really get people to rejoice that the next gen is here. Originally, that would have been Halo Infinite, but it was pushed back to 2021. Many reviewers, while happy with the console, state it isn't a must-buy. With things like Game Pass available on PC, it looks like holding off until something worthwhile like Halo comes out may be what's best, especially during these times. Um, Xbox and PlayStation suffered in the past for not having readily available um, next-gen titles um, when their consoles came out. which caused a slow start and with the current climate both seem to be braced for not reaching their goals for the holidays. PS5 on the other hand has games like Spider-Man Miles Morales and the remake of Demon's Souls among many others that have quite a few Sony fans excited and willing to play on next gen. Um, the PS5 again will be ready for launch on November 12th the Thursday after Xbox's launch on Tuesday. Um, you know, after months of talking about this uh, on the show, like literally months and months of talking about next-gen consoles, um, I will say I have been more impressed by Xbox this time around um, as compared to the Xbox One launch, which really just like, I don't know what they were doing marketing-wise, but they just seemed so anti-consumer and so anti-gamer like, for some reason when that game, that console was coming out. Um, if I were to choose between both, um, I may have gone with the Xbox this time around, you know? Um, however, I do have Game Pass and I have a high-end PC build, so I don't personally need a next-gen console from Microsoft, but that's just me. Um, if I wanted to play a Sony exclusive, unfortunately, I would have to play it on PS5 to get it in its highest quality. And the starting lineup, along with exclusives coming down the road, you know, PlayStation just has it for me when it comes to game. But again, personally, I'm planning on waiting a bit before I drop $500 on a console either way. But I'd like to know your guys' thoughts in the comments below. You know, who's impressed you more? Are you buying a new console day one? Were you one of the, the fucking lucky ones that actually got to pre-order one um, in advance? I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts. Um, this weekend on Twitch, make sure to make sure you guys are actually following me on Twitch. But uh, this weekend on Twitch, I'm going to keep on going with The Witcher. Uh, and then I'm going to keep on going with Watch Dogs. You can catch the beginning of Watch Dogs right now on our YouTube channel. Um, yeah, I'm going to keep up with those games. Um, I'm still debating if next week I will start um, playing Spider-Man on PS4 and, and then just playing it again on PS5 at some point. Uh, you know, I, it might be a great way to do a comparison, you know, just to see, like, you know, this is how slow it will be on a PS4, and then maybe a year later or down the road, um, probably sometime in 2021, I'll play it again on PS5. We, we could we could check that out. I'll, I'll see how I feel about that. I'm still, you know, I put a little poll up on Twitter. You can find me at Amazing Nerd Live if you 
if you have any input on that. Um, but those are the two games I'm focused on at the moment. Uh, we will be getting back into Outer Worlds uh, when I have a slow day. Um, I might be doing an extra stream next Tuesday during when the Xbox launches, actually, um, for Fuser. I'm still trying to figure that one out, if that's even able to be played. I, the last thing I need is a you know big DMCA uh, takedown <laughs> on Twitch or anything like that. So um, th that's that's what I'm thinking about doing right now. Um, you know, I'm still playing games like Star Wars as well, so that's that's on the docket. Um, and then I might be getting more stuff in with some friends as well. So definitely check us out on Twitch, um, the Amazing Nerd Show. Make sure to follow me there. Um, all right, we have some wrestling to talk about. Let's get into it. So I got to take you out. I had to sell out. I had to become everything I hated. It's too late for me, John. You ain't saving nobody. And I'm taking that championship from you. So AEW's next pay-per-view, Full Gear, is happening this Saturday. Uh, we haven't talked to AEW in, in a little bit, so I thought it'd be a good idea to go ahead, you know, and let's preview the pay-per-view. So we'll definitely be reviewing this next week. Um, but Christian, mm -hmm. overall, how do you feel about this card? Like how it's shaping up? You know, there are, there are matches that I'm definitely excited for, but I don't, there, I don't think there's going to be too many like title changes in mm -hmm. general from this pay-per-view. That's just the vibe I've been getting. I like, I don't see Eddie Kingston walking out as champion. So okay, right now. now that you feel like okay, no, no one's title's really in threat here. Do you feel like that mm -hmm. affects your enjoyment of the pay-per-view overall? No, as long as it's a good match and the story is well produced, I have no problem with, you know, no titles changing. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. You know, I think the difference between mm -hmm. AEW and WWE is probably overall match quality, where if yes. the matches feel too predictable, um, especially with like, you know, title matches, um, it's an instant turnoff with WWE because you never know what kind of weird finishes they're going to end up doing. Not saying the matches can't mm -hmm. end up being good, but a lot of times you get those weird wonky, like, you know, roll-ups and, you know, outside interferences that tend to like damper any like, you know, ring work that they, you know, that the wrestlers put in. Whereas I feel, I know, a little safer with AEW that we're going to get a quality match and a decent finish. That's not going to leave me like pulling out my hair. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'll be fair. If I get a finish like that, I'm going to, you know, stay, you know, this was fucking yeah, bad. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I'm not going to. Absolutely. I'm not an AEW only yeah, mark. No, absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, there's been things that WWE has been doing quite well lately. I think the Roman Reigns like storyline is probably the best storyline going on in the business right now. So um, they did a great job with it on SmackDown this past week. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. we saw Jay go full heel and join Roman, um, but it was a real, like a really emotional segment between the two. So they've been hitting out of the ballpark with with Reigns. The rest of the product, eh. <laughs> <laughs> but you're at least giving me something to hang my hat on, giving me a reason to like watch the show and not want to tear out my eyes every week, at least for a couple segments. Hey. Sure. I mean, I'm still not watching the show, <laughs> but <laughs> but you are watching those Reigns uh, YouTube videos, aren't you? Okay. Yes, and uh, I mean, I've been watching the Fiend storyline pretty closely yeah, as well. Yeah. How are you now. feeling about that? I know we're supposed to be talking about AEW. Now we're talking. Now we're talking <laughs> WWE. But how are you feeling about the Fiend and you know Alexa Bliss and everything? I I've been loving everything they've been doing. I just don't know if they're going to capitalize on any of it 
in a way that's actually satisfying. That's that's you always know, the I, fear, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. With the Fed, that's always the fear. Um, yeah, you know, I'm a little, I'm getting a little lukewarm with Alexa just because I don't necessarily, I, I want more for the character. So hmm. I don't necessarily like the look and the fact that she goes into this like full trance and everything. Um, you know, and I'm not digging the contacts so much. So, I mean, maybe once in a while, but that seems to be like the only look, you know, going. I went to more of a transformation, I guess, you know, like a visual one for her. So I hopefully they do yeah. a little more. Uh, but I know Vince probably doesn't want to like cover up her face and like give her makeup or like a mask or something like that. So and I feel like that's just kind of a lost opportunity. So I know I, a part of me is still holding out that they're going to do some massive thing at one of the pay-per-views or maybe the day after a pay-per-view with her where she really like rips someone apart or does something crazy that only the fiend could allow. Exactly. That kind of like I want something you know? like I mean, not too over the top, but I want her to at least get involved like physicality wise uh-huh. like, in some of the matches. So um, I, I think that would be fun. But anyway, like I, I think that would add a big dynamic too to Bray's character. So mm-hmm. and like get her involved in the entrance too, like somehow, you know, where it's like, you yes. know, makes it hers also. So, um, but anyway, uh, and I also love the callback to Orton, you know, and Bray's like, you know, feud from, you know, mm-hmm. WrestleMania, even though that match sucked, you know, I, I enjoy the <laughs> continuity at least, because we don't get much continuity nowadays with WWE. So I'm just glad someone's paying attention up there. <laughs> well, it's probably just Bray, right? Probably. <laughs> probably. All right. Anyway, let's go ahead and get into the full gear card. Uh, right? Starting off, we have Serena Deeb versus Allison K for the NWA World Women's Championship. So, yes, this is going to be a pre-show match. Uh, Deeb recently won the title from uh, Thunder Rosa. Um, in, in surprising fashion, I would say, uh, there's a lot of rumors that, you know, Rosa would be, you know, moving on, uh, but she still has like a year or so on her contract. So I don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what that was about, um, you know, because she was so hot. So it's weird that they would take the title off of her. Um, Allison Kay uh, just recently became a free agent. And I guess Tony Khan ended up signing her right away. So he is a huge fan. I'm not really familiar with her work at all. So, but the fact that they rushed her onto the show, um, you know, tells you a lot. I mean, they definitely need, you know, more experienced, you know, female wrestlers at this point. I mean, you know, I'm trying not to like throw shade on like AEW's women's roster, but they definitely need, you know, some experienced hands, if you will, in there. <laughs> so, I mean, there's just so many of them are great right mm-hmm. now. So hopefully this is a great addition. I'm ex- actually excited for this match. It's going to be the pre-show. So, you know, I might actually watch the pre-show for once. Okay, well, I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> All right. That's a challenge. Uh, up next, we have Orange Cassidy versus John Silver. So this was the original pre-show yes. match. Um, surprisingly enough, because Orange was in a pretty high-profile match last mm-hmm. pay-per-view. 
in a big feud with Jericho. So it's weird that, you know, they didn't really have much for him. Um, Silver's, you know, huge right now, just with like hardcore AEW fans because of being elite. He's really over. He's fucking hilarious on that show. <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, I mean, definitely check him out. Um, hopefully it translates to like on camera on, on like dynamite yes. and stuff. And I think it's, it's slowly starting too. So um, this should be a fun match though. Uh, do you think that like they just have nothing for Cassidy at the moment or, you know, what? I think they've just got such a big roster. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be like shows like this where not everyone's going to have a high profile match. You know, but Cassidy was elevated to it feels like the upper echelon of AEW. Exactly. So it does it does feel really soon for him not to have much to do on this card, but it is what it is. Like don't just throw a match, you know, in there or you know, come up with a bullshit feel. Oh, I guess they are kind of doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, after he's gotten two shots at that title at this point, I'm okay with, you know, him taking a breather. You know, and this should be entertaining, so I'm fine with it. Uh, well, up next, we have Chris Jericho versus MJF. So this is obviously not any kind of order. We have no idea mm. of the order of the pay-per-view. So um, I feel like this is probably going to be farther up in the card. Um, this is a big match. I'm curious to see where they go. This is to see if MJF gets to join the inner mm-hmm. circle. He has to beat Jericho. I'm wondering if they're going to swerve us here. And have Jericho beat him, and then take him in anyway. I, because in my mind the storyline is MJF wins, and then he starts touting, you know, I beat I beat Chris Jericho down the road. You know, since they're having this match, I feel like they're gonna go long form story wise, mm-hmm. storytelling wise, and I think you're gonna see MJF join the group here. You know, after, you know, basically kissing the ring of Jericho, you know, Jericho beats him. It's a hard fought match, though. Jericho accepts him into the inner circle and then slowly but surely you get there. But I think they have to hold off another match between these two Uh for at least another like three or four months. Yeah, I feel like it'd just be too soon, you know, for him to just come in and try to take over the inner circle. And I think I mean, obviously, that's where it seems to be going. This definitely has like shades of like the nation of domination uh-huh. when the rock took over from Farouk and everything. Um, so, I mean, we're going to get there. I think you're going to get more of a situation where MJF is like underneath, you know, Jericho's wing at first. And you kind of get a situation almost like, you know, with him and uh, Cody, yeah. Cody. Yeah. Where you start to get like comfortable with him being in the group. You know, and they get to play with that dynamic because that's a fun dynamic between those two. So I, I want to see them interact with each other for a while. And maybe he has heat with Sammy, obviously. Yes. They had a match uh, this past Dynamite, a tag match, which was really well done and everything. You got to see a more vicious side of MJF. Jericho started off the night by, you know, questioning, like, you know, if MJF belongs in the inner circle, like if he's hard enough, you know, he actually called them soft. Yes. So, um, you know, MJF was out to prove that that's not the case at all by, you know, giving himself a little bit of an edge. And even after, you know, the match, after he won, walking by Jericho, he ended up like jumping him, like jumping over the announce table and taking him out. So, you know, I think they're going to play with this. I think this is going to be, like I said, a long form storytelling you know, situation. Well, I mean, I'm in it for the long haul. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, up next, I have Sheeta versus Nyla Rose for the Women's World Championship. I just feel like we've seen this match like a yes. hundred times at this point, right? That's exactly my feeling. Like I, I don't have any problem with the two of them going up against each other. I just, you know, I want to see new challengers for this belt at this point. Um, I'm. It, Nyla's a great competitor. I, I see a lot in her future. I just think she needs a break from the title picture for a little bit. Um, maybe some restructuring down the road, but, you know. There's also been no build whatsoever exactly. for this match. It's been very lackluster. You know, uh, two weeks ago, uh, Layla Hirsch debuted, facing off against Serena Deep uh, for the title, I believe. I was so impressed with her. She she absolutely ne- needs to get into the title picture. Um, she definitely brings something different to the table. You know, she's like an old school shooter. Um, you know, it's it was all like really good fucking mat wrestling. Yeah, it was so well done. It made me really excited. I was like, okay, they need to like she needs to be on the roster full time because <laughs> <laughs> it was a damn good match. It was probably one of the best women's matches on AEW. You know, since its inception. So um, if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. I feel like she's got a huge, like, like bright future. Uh, did So she reminded me of, like, the female, like, Dean Malenko. Did she come from NWA or? I don't know. I have no idea. I haven't had a chance to, like, read up mm-hmm. on her. So, but she was really impressive. So, like, but, like give someone like that a, a shot. No, exactly. You know? um, and I feel like someone with that. But build it up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> someone with that style would work great with Sheeta as well. And it's something different because no one else has mm. that style right now. Even on the male side, I feel like no one has that style. They don't have that old school shooter. They need someone who's like, you know, a grappler. <laughs> you know, a submission machine, if you will. Submission specialist. Uh, well, up next, we have Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara for hopefully the last time in the Elite Deletion match. Yeah, this is going to be a cinematic presentation. Mm-hmm. So no worries. <laughs> They're still alive. I'm sure this was already shot. Um, you know, I'm sure they're gonna play with you know everything that's mm-hmm. happened a lot, so we'll we'll get a lot of blood and a lot of ridiculous spots, but it'll all be like you know, kind of nerfed, if you will. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. I'm excited for it. I, I love when you know Matt Hardy does you know his cinematic presentations. Do you think they'll spoof on any of the uh, WWE ones? Maybe. I'm sure there'll be a few Easter eggs mm-hmm. here and there. Hardy always has Easter eggs, so. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, honestly. And they need a little redemption. You know, <laughs> this this feud's been so snake bitten. Uh, all right. Well, up next we have FTR versus the Young Bucks. And if the Young Bucks lose, they will never be able to challenge for the championship ever again. Well, I hate the stipulation. Uh-huh. You know, because I mean, either it's gonna they're gonna end up losing, and that's just ridiculous. And I don't want to see them not be able to challenge for the belts um or it just tells you that they're definitely gonna win Mm -hmm. so um i just feel like the match didn't need that stipulation uh the build-up for this has been really fucking i don't know just not well done i'm not gonna lie you know at first i was kind of intrigued because it felt so weird and out of nowhere like it was unpredictable all of a sudden the bucks are acting like heels but you have ftr they're definitely the heels Uh Um, but then it just like went nowhere, just kind of petered off and didn't seem like they had an idea where they're going direction wise. So now the bucks are faces again. 
you know, they've made that very clear over the last couple of weeks, the way they've been booked and everything, everything they've been doing on BTE. So like all that was for pretty much nothing. Um, this week they had a match against. This week they had a match with a private party. Uh, FTR ended up showing up and, you know, attacking them at the end of the match. Uh, and then Hangman actually came out and made the save, and then hey, like uh, Omega trailed behind. So that was interesting. Hmm. So I will see if Hangman and the Bucks are back on the same page now. Uh, do you think there's an opportunity for a double turn? No. no, no. I think the Bucks are pretty much straight up face now, the way that they established it. I'm fine with that. Um, I'm excited for the actual match, like for the rework. I mm. mean, this has been a long time coming. It, it should be a fantastic match. It has a lot of hype to live exactly. up to. Uh, but it's just unfortunate that the angle that they chose, like for the buildup of this, like just, I don't know, man. I don't know what they were trying to do, or what they were trying to accomplish, but it just didn't work. No, I agree. It, it's definitely been not, definitely not what I expected after everything that they've been like talking about for years, you know? Yeah. Like they ruined their own momentum mm. with the weird, like pseudo heel turn, you know, where the, you could just build up like the anticipation by, you know, you know, having people talk about this match, you know, have them like maybe have some one-on-one fights, you know, d- you know, there's so many different ways you could go on about like, you know, building everything up to a fever pitch and then for the final payoff, because this is obviously the first of many meetings. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I, I, you know, if FTR does lose here, I'm totally okay with it. Like some people were like panicking about them losing. They've had quite the run already in AEW. I think they're undefeated at this point. So it's okay if they lose to the fucking Young Bucks. I actually feel like the Young Bucks need the win more than uh, FTR does right oh, now. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. since, the, since the start of the show, <laughs> they've needed Yes. It. Yes. So I think that's kind of where we're going. And maybe that's one of the reasons they actually had them beat Private Party this week. Because you remember, that's kind of where it all started. Yes. You know, they had that little tournament and they like had that like, you know, I don't know, that Cinderella story type deal with Private Party happening where they kind of like beat them out of nowhere. So um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, up next, I have Cody versus Darby Allen for the AWTNT Championship. So at the end of Dynamite this week, you had Cody and uh, Billy Gunn and his son, I can't, the Gun Club. Mm-hmm. I can't think of Billy's son's name at this point. Apparently, they're now part of the Nightmare family, yeah. I guess, which is just weird and unnecessary, it feels like. Um, you know, they ended up beating the Dark Order and everything like that. They actually had Austin Gunn go over, um, and it was a nice match. Uh, Cody then got on the mic, and Darby was in the rafters, and he started kind of, like, talking shit about, like, you know, you're saying, like, people, you know, don't want to see you in the title, but I'm, you know, I'm not a liar, you know. People would love for you to see the title, you know. People here would love to see you win the title, you know. I think he was talking about, like, you know, uh, AEW, like, the high, the brass and everything. Mm. Um, he said, I would love to see you win the title if I wasn't holding the title, basically. Um, but then he said, but you're not going to win this title because it's the ace title and I'm the ace, basically. So I have to have this title. So it was kind of like borderline once again for Cody. Like, you know, he's walking that heel line mm-hmm. a little. Um, just kind of like with the verbiage he's using. 
So I'm wondering if he does go full heel here. Um, and that's why Darby doesn't end up winning the title. Because otherwise, I feel like Darby has to win this belt at this point. You know, and it'll be a big letdown for him if he doesn't win. Because they've been teasing it for over a year now with him and, you know, Cody. Yes. So you had the time limit draw. They also, they uh, their next match was a big match where it came down to the wire. So I feel like it's time for, like, the ascension of Darby Allen. Like, I feel like out of all the matches that could be a title change, it's this one or... Um... The Young Bucks versus FTR. Uh, yeah, it really comes absolutely. Down to it. Um, I would love to see Darby win, but a, a big part of me, like with Cody bringing up the ace again, you know, if Cody wanted to stay face and go up against heel Kenny for the TNT championship, I think that would be a cool storyline to go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, I mean, that's after, you know, um, Hangman and everything, but. Yeah, I think that's going to happen in a little bit. If that does happen, mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to be a, it's a ways off at least. Um, just because I feel like he'll probably get into a program with Paige or he'll go after Moxley next. So, um, but I could see them eventually getting there, you know, especially with Cody using that word ace yes. because Kenny's always been referred to as the ace, you know, at least of New Japan. Mm. So, um, for a while. Uh, but yeah, no, we'll see what happens here. There are also rumors that people were speculating that Kenny was going to join FTR, um, because they both were talking about, uh, North Carolina. And they're like, FTR is from North Carolina. And then in Kenny's intro, he always, there's a reference to North Carolina, Hmm. like a couple times. So I I think that's a stretch. Yes. (laughs) It feels like it would just kind of come out of nowhere. I mean, I'm not, I'm not against it, Hmm. but we'll see what happens. I mean, we know that, you know, Paige has heat with FTR at this point. So, I mean, maybe there's some kind of soft alliance there between the two. Who knows? But. I don't know. It feels like they're definitely doing some like deck, you know, shuffling right now. What would it be? With, FTE like, you know, or the... something like? What? what? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I have no clue. I hope they just come up with a better name uh-huh. in general. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the FTR thing. Oh well. Well, um, speaking of Kenny, uh, we have Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page. I expect this to be the match of the night, honestly. You know, if it's not this, it's probably going to be FTR and the Young Bucks. Um, but this was a really good buildup. I really enjoyed the tournament and everything. I, I'm a sucker for a tournament. I really love the idea of we're getting like a real like heel hmm. Kenny now against a super baby face Adam Page. Because um, he's definitely got everyone behind him and everything. Um, but I feel like they're going to put on a barn burner. No, absolutely. I, I think everything that Page and Omega have done together... Whether or not they were on the team together, you know, everything has been just perfect (laughs) when it comes to their storyline. I haven't seen too many flaws. Fantasy booking wise, you did have Paige come out and interfere with the FT with FTR um, jumping the Young Bucks. Mm -hmm. So you could turn around and have FTR come and interfere in this match. Yeah, I'm wondering if that's the setup and then have Kenny work with them. Yeah, maybe. I could see that happening. Yeah, so, it'd be, I mean, it'd be like a reverse. Kenny's definitely, a, yeah, Kenny's definitely a hundred percent heel though. Uh-huh. I mean, the, the 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 whole you know relationship between Paige and FTR has been done for for a couple of months at this mm-hmm. point, so you know it wouldn't be too hard to believe. I mean, I'm not against it. I'm interested in seeing you know um, a new elite with Kenny. Omega, I but. 
feel like we're gonna get some new factions mm. over the next couple months developing so i wouldn't I, i'm interested to see which way they go i'm down for it i'm down and last but not least we have john moxley versus eddie kingston in an i quit match for the AEW world championship so if you would have told me a month ago that they were doing this match after they had a match on Dynamite, I would have just kind of shrugged and, you know, been rather disappointed, mm. honestly. Not that I had an issue with the match or an issue with Eddie Kingston. It's just like we just saw this match. But man, the fucking program between these guys and the promos going back and forth have been just so fucking awesome. I mean, two of the best promo guys like in the business right now, bar none um they've just been working magic together so i'm really interested to see this match and the fact that it's an i quit match i feel like they're going to get pretty fucking extreme yes during this match you know and that, that's their style so i'm sure moxley's like chomping at the bit to get in the ring you know with eddie um so i i don't know man even though there's no way i see eddie winning the title or anything I'm really looking forward <laughs> to this match. No, yeah, that was definitely a weird thing that I was experiencing through this. Because I'm like, man, Eddie can talk and really yes. is like putting over some people that I didn't expect to to even care about whatsoever. Uh, mm-hmm. Not not that I fully care about the bunny and the blade situation. But uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I, I definitely like I he makes you want to believe, but I don't see it happening. I mean, I I agree. I agree. I, it's too bad because I feel like, you know, he could have like a little run here and there. Mm. That just doesn't seem to be their M.O., you know, right now. Um, they have these short, like, title run yeah. reigns. Um, but he does have a fucking nice click around him, though, that could protect him if you want to go that route. So, I mean, he works that fucking, like, hardcore style. So you could just play it off as he's just a total fucking badass. But once again, I don't see that happening at all i just expect a really fucking awesome match though um i mean i could see him being champion next year i could see that i think he's probably and i, I know i'm i'm sounding awful i'm slotting <laughs> the guy as like a, a mid carter and not that i see the tnt belt as a mid carter i see i just see him more like more likely to get like a run as the tnt champion uh-huh. um than i do with the heavyweight belt and maybe you're right maybe he will get that because i mean he's really showing like this dude's a fucking star. Like, mm-hmm. there's no doubt. Like, on the mic, at least, um, he's a star. Uh, you have to, like, the promo he cuts with Moxley tonight. Um, we're recording on Wednesday. Um, you know, on Dynamite. They can't touch each other before the pay-per-view, so they're just in each other's fucking face. And it feels so legit. Like, it feels real. Like, <laughs> the hatred these uh-huh. two have for each other. Um, you know, he's just setting everything up like how he had to sell out, you know, and that he's sorry, but this is just who he is. And, you know, he's been in the business for 18 years. Just, I mean, putting over that story to the point where, like, you almost want to see him win, even though he's the heel. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I don't know. I think this is going to be a fun main event. I'm looking forward to it. All right. So definitely tune in next week and hear our full review. Uh, That's going to do it for this week, though. Yes. Let's close this out. 
All right, but before we head out, make sure to head over to dramacityproductions.com where you can hear us and plenty of other great podcasts. That's right, and if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, make sure you subscribe, rate, and give us a five-star review. Yeah, it definitely helps an independent podcast like us keep on going. And you know what? If you like any of the stories that we talked about this episode, make sure you go ahead and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and see the full versions of these articles, plus a whole lot more. Yeah, you can follow us at Amazing Nerd Show. That's your nerd hub for all things pop culture. And if you're looking to further support the show, go ahead and buy some merch over at Tee Public. They have shirts, they have sweatshirts, I think they have mugs, bumper stickers, the works, man. Absolutely. And you can also head over to ProWrestlingTees.com and find our merch there as well. Yeah, while you're at it, go ahead and pick up your favorite wrestler's t-shirt. All right, so that's going to do it for this week. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you hit subscribe and leave a five-star review. It means so much for a small, independent podcast like ourselves. Absolutely, and why don't you share it with your friends as well? You guys could sit in a group, um, put us on, listen. Sure, Christian. That's what people do. Yeah. Gather together to listen to fucking podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, tell a friend, definitely. Absolutely. All right. Well, my name's Christian. And my name's Damon. And that was The Amazing Nerd Show.